Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of the Players NIL Podcast. I have a special guest today that I think you'll enjoy her story and her current work and her passion and her enthusiasm for athletes and for athletic families. I want to welcome Margot, or Margot, I'm, Margo, I'm sorry, to the podcast, Bishow. And uh, Margot, thank you very much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I knew I was going to get that name wrong. I just told you that. but <laughs> It's not easy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we love to have uh, people come onto the podcast. Our theory, our story is that, you know, sports is an amazing way to benefit people, that people can use sports to benefit, to improve their lives, to better their lives, and use sports to better the lives of the people around them. That's kind of our mission statement. And so to set the table before we get into some of that I just want to ask you a little bit about your background and uh, I use two words right sports and athletics sports is the fandom part you know athletics would be the participation part and not everyone has both some people are you know tremendous sports fans but we're not athletes but you certainly have athletes in your family which we'll talk about but tell us about your childhood and some of your early memories being exposed to sports what they were who you were with and what you noticed. Honestly, the, my sports history is not very interesting. I'm not particularly athletic. Um, I've always loved skiing and walking and biking. Um, I did a few organized sports in school, but it never was much for me. I, it never occurred to me that I would raise two athletes. It's funny how that works. You get, you get pulled in. So then, we'll, so then we'll transfer the question to your parenting. So Tell me about your boys and, and what sports did they play when they were young? And when did you realize that they had a potential to, to use sports to better their lives? Uh, so both boys were just super athletic, super energetic. They played every sport when they were young, as I think most kids do. They, you know, they played soccer and basketball and little league and everything. And um, so my older son, Elliot, I think he was like, 10, 11, and we were casting about for a two-week gap in our summer, and there was a half-day tennis program, and I said, okay, you're going to do this, and at the end, he said, gee, I sure would like to keep lessons up maybe during the year, and I said, okay, whatever, and um, at that summer, he said, I really would like to go to a tennis camp this summer. I said, okay, and that was it. I mean, and he was playing tennis you know, basically four hours a day, seven days a week for the next 20 years. Um, And uh, he was just obsessed and we don't play tennis. Uh, He started out losing every match because by the time you're 13, every other, you know, all the top kids in the country are already playing tournaments, regional national tournaments. And he just kept losing and he just kept saying, I know what I did wrong, I'll beat him next time. And he fought his way up to 35 in the country and um, played in college uh, at University of Wisconsin. And honestly, we'd be like the only parents who'd go to these tennis, national tennis tournaments who didn't know the rules, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But But you learned quickly, I'm sure. I learned most of them. Uh, But I also realized, and it wasn't until much later sort of looking back, I realized how wonderful it was that he wasn't doing something that we loved, that we knew about, that we could advise him on. He had to choose who to train with. He had to choose what racket to play with. He had to choose what tournaments to enter. And it really empowered him. And he really grew and learned from this, not just 
from the tennis where he learned grit and focus and, you know, became just, a, you know, just really diligent, um, hard worker, but he also, you know, became very responsible. Right, right. So that brings me to my next question. During our prep conversation, you, you, you know, passionately described why you believe sports is a great way for families to grow and kids to grow. During this process, you weren't an athlete, you weren't really even a big sports fan, but now all of a sudden, organically, your son is committed. He's playing four hours a day, he's playing year round, he finds his passion. He's probably pulling you along rather than you pushing him, which oh, yeah. is the, the best way to do it. <laughs> but why, why do you believe that sports is such a great way for families uh, to get along? I mean, there's so many reasons. First of all, you know, he wasn't going out drinking Friday nights in high school. He, he was going to bed early because he had a tournament the next day. Um, when he was in college, he wasn't going out drinking every night. He, he, he had a team that he had to report to practice every day. Um, yeah. my, my younger son also played D1 sports. He was at the University of Colorado on the football team. He was a backup quarterback. Sports, he loved sports. He loved being active. He loved playing. He loved that whole experience. It wasn't his passion. His number one passion was writing music, um, but he saw what a wonderful experience it was for his older brother to be in a D1 sports program in college. And he wanted that same thing. So he actually ended up, you know, being happy to be sort of a second string long snapper in a D1 program, <laughs> as opposed to sort of a, you know, maybe a running back in a D3 program because he just wanted that experience. And we mentioned this the other day that, you know, high school kids in America, they're so looked after and, you know, organ, all their time is organized. People know, their parents know what they're doing every single minute. And then they get to college and no one has any idea about what's going on with their life. No one knows if they're going to class. No one knows if they're struggling emotionally or mentally. No one knows if they're drinking every night. No one knows anything. Not if you're a D1 athlete, boy, you're a D1 athlete. There is someone who's watching you who says, hey, you didn't do so well on that grade. Hey, I heard you didn't go to that class. You gotta be there every single day. My, my younger son, the uh, first day of uh, football practice, he had to be there at 6 a.m. and he got there at 6.01. And, uh, and the coach said, once is a mistake, twice is a behavior, don't do it again. And this is a kid for four years, I'd screamed at him to get him to go you know, to get going in the morning and he was never late again, yeah. you know? I mean, it's just, it's just the best. And, yeah. um, you know, he turned 21 and someone said to him, hey, you're 21, will you go buy me liquor? You know, go, and, and he said, you know, the coach says nothing good can ever come from going to a liquor store. And it's just like to have this, it's just what, what every parent should want when their kid goes through college. Right. I can't right. say enough good things about it. Good. I love it. So, so you have this experience as a mom, uh, as a family, you're chasing tennis tournaments and football games all around the country, which is an amazing experience to meet great people. Then, then it ends, right? It all, it ends for everyone. And so you're a writer and you recently wrote a book about entrepreneurs and the connection to athletics. So tell me a little bit about your research and what you learned in preparing this book. Sure. So here it is. Uh, it's called Raising an Entrepreneur, How to Help Your Children Achieve Their Dreams. And I was just so interested in how some kids ended up becoming entrepreneurs and what it was about their, the way they were raised. 
and I started interviewing people. And to my amazement, not all of them, but maybe 40% of them uh, played sports at a serious, serious level growing up. And it, it, it almost got to be embarrassing to me. I mean, I, I, was a, I didn't wanna write a book saying you have to be an athlete to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> but I talked to these people and then at the end of the conversation, I'd be, by the way, did, did you play sports growing up? And you know, then uh, like Simon Isaacs told me, oh yes, I was on the uh, Olympic development team for skiing. And Elizabeth Gore told me, oh yes, I was the national equestrian champion. And Adam Braun told me, oh yeah, I played basketball at Brown. And you know, Rada Agarwal said, oh yeah, I played soccer all through four years at Cornell. And Blake Mikowski said, oh yes, I went to you know, college to play tennis. And I mean, on and on and on and on and on. And none of these people do anything in sports today. And every one of them says it's what they learned by playing sports at that level that made them an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm guessing that the connection is, you know, some of the obvious, which is, you know, discipline and structure. But I think, you know, what I, what I believe that athletics can do, and we know what, that it can come from a variety of sources, could be music, it could be art, could be science, could be, you know, different passions, but sports in particular seems to give people confidence. And so if you have that gene, that entrepreneur gene, which probably you're born with to some degree and possibly you were encouraged and raised to be, then the sports aspect gives you some confidence, I assume, and fighting through adversity and, you know, accepting failure, right? Because every one of us has lost in a, lost a game at some point. No one goes undefeated. A game? Lost a game? Right. <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's, it's part of it. So, so you write this book and you find this, you know, amazing connection. And what have been people's reaction? What, what have been the comments? What has been, you know, you've talked to people about the book. What is the feedback that you've gotten? I think a lot of people are sort of surprised. Uh, it's just not, if you don't have that in your own background, you just wouldn't know that that's how so many super successful entrepreneurs, what they credit their success to. Um, you mentioned failure. I mean, I think one of the main differences between entrepreneurs and the rest of the world is entrepreneurs don't fear failure. They view failure as part of the learning experience. They view failure as how they, you know, figure stuff out. And you can't become an entrepreneur if you're, if you're afraid to, to fail, um, if you're afraid to take risks. I've always loved Billie Jean King's quote, we don't call it failure, we call it feedback. And that's how, you know, that when you play, you're playing whatever sport it is, whether it's soccer, football, baseball, basketball, tennis, whatever, you make a mistake, you're not winning. You're like, what can I do differently? How can I change my game? What should I, what should I, you know, how can I improve? What should I change? And that's the attitude you have to have when you go into business. Nobody comes with up with an idea for a product or a service that's perfect the first time, right? right. Nobody. It's, you right. know, it's not just your vague idea that this might be good. It's you put it out there and you see what the reaction is, and then you modify something, and then you see what that reaction is, and then you modify something else. And this is what they learned in, in through sports. Yeah. What's the next book? Do you have one planned? No. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> no, I think I'm good for a while here. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, uh, there's a famous expression that goes along with a famous quote. And it's uh, the expression is, you know, from that famous philosopher, the boxer, Mike Tyson. He once said, and the quote is, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And uh, as a as an entrepreneur myself in launching the Players NIL, I believe that, you know, while the, you know, the um, not afraid to fail is, is certainly true and the confidence is certainly true. To me, it's the belief. You know, I passionately believe that what I'm doing is meaningful. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to translate to X number of dollars of success or sales, or, but I do believe that it's transformative in the space that we're in, which is name, image, and likeness for college athletes and evolving into high school athletes. And so my confidence in what I'm doing is at an all-time high. And so, you know, as in July 2021, name, image, and likeness was approved, and uh, we started this Wild West craziness. Uh, maybe your oldest son was more focused on sports, not as focused on his passion. Your younger son sounds like he might have had a split passion uh, with music and maybe would have been able to benefit or take advantage of name, image, and likeness. So, you know, if you're a student athlete today, if you have this entrepreneurial spirit, with your, all of your parenting advice, with your research on the book and just your experience of being an adult, give us some sound bites. You know, what would be your advice to, to young athletes today about chasing their passion, chasing their dream, using name, image, and likeness to get there. Yeah, so like you mentioned, my younger son, who's the musician, the music, he writes songs. And uh, he'd written like 300 songs before he graduated from high school. And in college, he wanted to put out a CD. And because he was on the football team, the and he had this huge sort of argument with the NCAA. And finally, he had to put it out under a different name. Uh, he couldn't have anything, you know, even on the on the cover or the, his name or anything that could refer back to, you know, the University of Colorado. And it, I just think that's, you know, even for him, it would have been so great to be able to build his, you know, have his image there, you know, start to create that brand that he could then use going forward. And they prevented him from doing that for the whole four years he was right. um, in college. And that's just crazy. And, and, I guess the, the message I wanna to give to parents is you should be so enthusiastic that your child is doing sports at an elite level because it will help them whatever they end up doing in life. And most of them will not become professional athletes. And if they do, it'll just be for a few years. I mean, almost no one is a professional athlete more than 10 years and that would be sort of an outlier. And so they want to prepare themselves for the future and starting to build their image, uh, starting to build their brand when their teenagers can only help them going forward. And I want to let parents know it's not, they, they shouldn't worry that their kids spending so much time pouring themselves, themselves into a sport that they love because it's going to help them as they go forward in life. Yeah, there's a lot worse uh, journeys down the road, right? Sports is, is a good one. Um, well, you, you've been a great guest and, uh, again, hold up the book and tell us, tell our audience where they can find it, please. Well, at the moment it's sold out on Amazon, but with any luck at all, they'll get more copies in <laughs> and it's called raising an entrepreneur, how to help your children achieve their dreams. 99 stories from families who did. I love it. It's awesome. You've been a great guest. I love your passion. Congratulations on your family success and I'm sure that your boys are, you know, uh, are very fortunate to have you, and I'm sure that they appreciate it. And 
I hope that parents take your advice and, and use sports to better their lives and better the lives of the family and people around them. And, and I hope that they use NIL to do that. And I think, you know, maybe that'll be your next book is success stories from NIL. There you go. There's your new title. And, uh, and we can work on it together because we'll, we'll have some kids that take my class and, and, and succeed and you can document it and we'll write a book together. Well, I love what you're doing. I think you're really helping kids and, uh, and I hope parents really embrace this opportunity for their kids as they're going through high school and college. Awesome. Margo, thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks to you too.